2: Sorry for the holdup, folks. There seems to be a slow-moving podcast up ahead, so we're going to have to sit here for a spell. Uh, now, uh, you just remain seated with your headphones on, and we'll
1: be right with you.
2: Darn it. The episode was just getting good. Yep, I never missed this show. Now what are we going to do?
3: Well, we could tell folks about our show, the Disney Indiana Podcast.
2: Well, in our bi-weekly episodes... We discuss books, movies, music, theme parks, video games, and whatever else in the Disneyverse we want to talk about. Playful spooks have interrupted our show. Please remain seated in your MP3 mobile.
3: We also like to share audio clips, interviews, and other surprises along the way. If you enjoy all aspects of the mouse, come hang out in Disney Indiana.
2: You can find us at www.disneyindiana.com or subscribe to our show within iTunes. We are also featured on Reedy Creek Radio on live365.com and the Disney Community of Tomorrow at d cotcom
3: You won't find Disney Indiana on any map. It's a state of mind, or more precisely, a state of heart.
2: Hopefully our podcast won't break down now.
3: Hey, uh, here comes a podcaster. If you would, please exit your MP3 mobile and follow me out of the podcast. Thank you.
0: Bone, Bat, Bone, Bat,
4: it's time for the Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve Attengord, it's
0: a kick-ass digital broadcast, where we've got dick jokes galore, Bone Bat! Commander, tell me about your sexual organs.
4: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 74 of The Bone Bad Show. This is Steve.
3: And this is Gord. How's it going, man? It's going good, but I know you've been on me saying I keep talking about bodily fluids. (laughs) But I got to tell you, I've got a little story to tell. It involves my body and it involves fluids. Okay. They're not my bodily fluids this time. It's not very far from what we're talking about, but, you know, I'm trying to move slowly. I went to the big warehouse store, and you know I'm a Coke fiend. The Coca-Cola and I get along well. I do know so this. I, I got the big pallet, of, you know, 32 cans of Coke shrink wrapped to the cardboard container, and I'm carrying it, and I'm holding on to the plastic handle doohickeys, and one side of the plastic handle tore loose, so the whole thing just swung down. And was like pointing at the ground, and as it swung down its momentum, tore the other handle off, and the whole 32 cans of Coke came crashing down on the ground right in front of me, right between my legs, and the bottommost can completely detonated. And it just sent this stream of Coca-Cola straight back up my shorts, up into my crotchal region. It soaked my pants, my shirt, my shoes, my glasses. Just in one moment, it would just rip kaboosh. When that happened,
4: did anybody see this? And did you have a witty comment at that moment?
3: My children saw this, and they looked on in just sort of mute amazement. Like they couldn't believe what they'd just seen. And it was one of those things where I think... As a kid, you, even if you're my kids, you still think adults kind of should have their shit together. And it was so far out of out of line of anyone having their shit together. They just looked like, is he going to be mad? You know, is he going to start yelling? You know, are we going to get in trouble? You know, what, what just happened? Dad blew up. Wow. I didn't punish anyone.
4: That is kind of a retro intro story for you, man. Because I, I think in one of our first episodes, maybe it's episode number two. You had an exploding Coke story, so... Did I? Yeah. I can't even remember of Which kind of, you know, brings it all together that, you know, episode 74 is actually our four-year anniversary. The Bone, Bat, the Bone Bat Show turns four this episode, so happy wow. birthday, Bone Bat Show. Our show is like a toddler now. Exactly, and not only that, but the music you're listening to is Warp 11, who has graced us before with their presence they have a brand new cd called borgasm that you are digging on at this moment and we've got an interview coming up with captain carl so we've got some great stuff for you also a little retro it's going to be a good night
3: that is so great because really seriously our warp 11 interview of the past it is easily one of the the best interviews ever on the show i think
4: Yeah, I would. I put
3: that right up there with the time that we were interviewing uh, Pine Box Boys, and he he had the chimichanga ball accident. (laughs) Except this goes on a lot longer, and it's got Kiki.
4: Exactly, that that one did. Yeah, you should. If you haven't heard that episode, you need to go back. But it's great to have him back on the show. I really dig the new CD, and uh, we got more to talk about. But first, first, dude, what pisses you off? You know what pisses me off? What pisses? Here's what pisses me off. Get me. My
3: kids, kids are on soccer teams, and I thought it'd be just kind of a fun little parental thing to do. I took their team mascots, created some art, went to a, a store online, and made it into little tattoos, little temporary tattoos for the team. So they go out there with their their team mascot on their arm. In this case, it was a uh, a cobra wrapped around a soccer ball, and it looks looks really cool and I, I put you know it's a white background white soccer ball but when they showed up the tattoos all the white area was not white it was clear it's transparent it is devoid of any color which is fine if you put it on somebody's arm say that is the color of chalk like my kid but if you put it on somebody one of the other teammates who's got a lot more color to their skin, it's like, oh, what do you got there? It's the invisible soccer ball. That's just fucking great. <laughs> I, I complain to the tat company. I'm like, hey, this this is not going to work for all the people that we need to stick this on. You know, like, oh, well, we can't print white. Good. You should say that, tattoo company. If you're gonna make temporary tattoos and you can't do white, don't just substitute
4: nothing. You can't take the white away and just put nothing there. Why does not they print white? I don't know. That sounds like bullshit. I'm sure my kids have had white tattoos. I'm
3: sure my kids have had white tattoos also. You know, where it's like white outline of the design. So the design will pop more if you have more color to your skin. But apparently this tattoo company lacks the white printing technology. So,
4: (laughs) damn. You get what you pay for. You went for the little bit,
3: didn't you? I did. Yeah, cheaped out. See? (sighs) Let that be a lesson. Get the good tattoos, man. Shit. Get the good stuff.
4: What pisses you off, man? Hey, so you know what? I went to what? the the uh, Seahawks home opener on Sunday, which didn't yeah? piss me off in and of itself. We won. We came back with a victory, beating the Arizona Cardinals, which was kick ass. Even to, despite some kind of iffy offense, the team still pulled it together. Had a great iffy time. Iffy offense. Hung yeah, was- out with uh, my friend Limo, which is always a good time. But... We like to take the shuttle bus down to the game so we don't pay 50 bucks for parking, right? Yeah, right. So we go down to the park and ride, and we, we pay our 8 bucks round trip. and We get on the bus, and the bus gets on the freeway. And immediately, the freeway comes to a complete stop. No. We look ahead, and about a half mile up, there's a bunch of police have with their sirens on, and they've got the entire freeway blocked. The bus driver turns around. We go south get on the other freeway which crosses the, from the east side of Seattle over to the west side, the city proper and the same thing happens get on the 90, go about halfway stopped again. Turns out Obama was in town doing a fundraiser and they shut down both freeways so nobody would know what his route was going to be oh, He wasn't even on the freeway, it was just the threat of Obama has Yeah, come, nah. Well yeah, because the you know they don't want to get, you know, assassinated or whatever so they don't announced the route ahead of time. I thought you were going to say, so
3: it stopped all the traffic on the freeway so we could go car to car asking for like collections. to yeah, find we're, So
4: we're sitting there to bus because some jerk-offs in Bellevue were paying $10,000 a plate for a brunch. That better be a
3: good brunch. Now,
4: I, you know, I don't have anything necessarily against Obama, but I want my fucking bread and circuses, goddammit. You don't keep me away from the Seahawks. We were late for the game almost. Jeez. That's bullshit. Yeah. You should not do that
3: when there's football to be played.
4: We almost missed the raising of the division champions flag to the rafters for the seven and nine record. You'll get a kick out of this. (laughs) The flag is raised and the wind actually blows it all fucked up so that when they raise it to the rafters, you can't read it. It's all, like, stuck up in the side in the pipes and shit. It was <laughs> nice. almost like the football gods weren't having it. <laughs> the pigeons are
3: nesting in <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you're,
4: you're, you're not hanging the loser flag up today, son. That's not going to happen, so. Oh, man. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, when you come to town, presidents, any president, don't fuck up the, the entire highway system. Give me a break. So, dude. Dude. Four years of the Bone or- Band
3: Show. Quattro. Just I,
4: think, one more
3: year, our, our little show will be entering kindergarten.
4: I know. I mean, think about it. Would you have expected that we would have lasted 74 episodes of this shit?
3: No, definitely not.
4: That's kind of amazing to me. And you know, a lot was going on in 2007. Really? Our good friend Skiznot was kind enough to send out a reminiscence of that year. So let's give a listen to that.
2: I love Skiznot's voicemails. Hello, Stephen Gord. This is Skiznot congratulating you on four years of podcasting. Gord, I always look forward to your witty and insightful rants and stories, and Steve, well, well, you're just swell. (laughs) I thought this would be a great opportunity to look way back to the wonderful year that gave birth to the Bone Batch Show. 2007 started off with the worldwide release of Windows Vista that was going to change the world. And if hip guys and girls weren't wearing their white sunglasses and jamming to the sounds of T-Pain and Nickelback on their brand new iPod Nanos, then they were headed out to the movie theater to see Rush Hour 3 and Norbit. Anna Nicole Smith started the fun new trend of mixing clonazepam, lorazepam, oxazepam, and diazepam with diphenhydramine and topomax. Yes, it was a big year for the benzodiazepines. Other trendsetters were Michael Vick, who had a very popular small animal circus, and Uh Donnie Imus, who worked tirelessly on building cross-cultural bridges and finding as many ways as possible to say, I'm sorry for calling you a nappy-headed hoe. And let's not forget Miss Teen USA, South Carolina, for setting a shining example for young girls everywhere. In television, Heroes was in its second season and things were looking up while everybody eagerly waited the brand new sitcom featuring the Geico caveman. And of course, 2007 gave the world the one and only Bone Batch show. So Steve and Gord, let's have an Oreo cakester and toast to the year 2007. That,
4: that man, was really he, sweet. That man is a genius. He's also funnier than we are. You ever notice that? He's absolutely funnier. He almost... Yeah just having him around brings up the level of the show. I appreciate that. It does. We did get a little more feedback this week. You may uh, have recalled last episode, we uh, mentioned that we needed some sort of a contest to figure out who might play at the next Bone Bat Film Festival. And uh, yeah. on Google+, Plus, Tori, the drummer of Burning of Eye, fired in with, I guess Burning of Eye could clean your house to death. I wonder if we sun-dried severed body parts. They might help absorb the grease. Maybe we should market this service. It could really take off. Wow. Cleaning your house to death. With With the sun, would they have people. to be sun-dried or could they be like oven-roasted? <laughs> I'm not sure. And then we also got, I don't know, is this our first voicemail from overseas? No. We
5: had an overseas voicemail before.
4: I don't know. Well, anyway, let's check it out. This is Stuart from Wales.
5: Oh, cool. Hey, Stephen Gord. is uh, Stuart from Wales here. Your longtime long-time... Friend, yeah, I'm odd. This is actually the first time doing this, so bear with me. Congratulations very, very much on four years. I cannot believe it's happened, but considering, you know, lots of shows, three weeks apart, seems like a year, get more shows out, please. I sound desperate. Anyway, sorry about that, because you haven't done for a long time really. This is what pisses me off. Just, you know, everyone weighs in. This is what me off. You haven't done dick jokes galore. This has happened previously, so may as well do it now. So here's two of you. Just, you know, just throw throw in. Here we go. Two priests were taking a piss in the urinals one day, and the one priest looks down and sees a nicotine patch on the other guy's dick. He says, I'm not really a rocket scientist or anything, but isn't that supposed to sprain your arm? And the other priest goes, Nah, it's working fine, mate. I'm down to two butts a day. <laughs> uh, second one. A bloke walks into a bar with an alligator. He walks up to the bar and says, I'd like a beer, thanks. The barman says, Sorry, mate, you can't have an alligator in here. So the man says, Nah, it's tame, I can prove it to you. So the man throws an ashtray at his head and the alligator just shrugs it off. The barman says, nah, I'm still not convinced. So the guy puts his dick in the alligator's mouth and throws an ashtray at his head, and the alligator still does nothing. The barman looks really impressed. And the man says, well, anyone else like that? So an old leg in the back one says, yeah, I would, but please not throw an ashtray at my head. (laughs) Really? All right. Laugh track, maybe. Anyway, like I said, congratulations on four years. Hope there's four years more hope everything's fine, and I really hope Gort doesn't hurt himself again like he (laughs) seems to do so often. No That's goodbye in Welsh, just in case. Also, another thing that pisses me off. I hate the Americans calling the Welsh English. Please stop. Bye.
4: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for the call, Stuart. That was awesome. You know what? I love the Bone Bat Show listeners because they fucking bring the noise. They don't just call up; they actually add entertainment to the show. They do.
3: It's true. We haven't. We have not done dick jokes. Or I feel bad about it. You know
4: what? It has been since since the last time when we were challenged by a listener, and episode thirty-five was nothing but dick jokes. And then since then, I will admit, we haven't done as many as that. How could you? But on the other hand, we don't negotiate with terrorists.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I'll negotiate, dude. My dick, you
4: know, my dick is so big. They
3: named whales after it. Come on. Come on. A whales, whale's a big
4: aquatic mammal.
3: No? Sperm whales? Dude, the Normans invaded England in 1066 and the English language was born just so we would have the ability to talk about my dick on the show. That's how big my dick is. <laughs>
4: That's pretty big. Better?
3: All right, that, that's all I got.
4: <laughs> well, I'll, you know, leave your options open. You may have more during the show. I might.
3: I was trying to go for United Kingdom. Not not English. British, can we say that? Can we say British?
4: Yeah, well, I, I, I hope that he wasn't referring to us. I think we've been pretty good about that. But frankly, given American ignorance of geography, you're just lucky we don't call you German. <laughs> for the love of God, yeah. Keep in mind, this is a country... Where you can travel hundreds of miles in every direction, yet never leave your home state your entire life.
3: Yeah, and so we, our- you know, those of us who attended public school, really, we're only required to learn, uh, like, maybe 30 of the states, uh, three countries, including Canada and Mexico— and then for history, we learned like World War II. And That's honestly,
4: it. because of the prime side boob that we were spending more time watching during that time in our lives, we mm-hmm. probably don't even really remember the East Coast, more or less Europe. So.
3: No, the East Coast is kind of bullshit because all those states are so
4: tiny. They're they have tiny so many they run together. They can, they can right. make
3: the East Coast like three big states like we have on the West. I don't see what their freaking problem is.
4: <laughs> yeah, it could be like East Eastifornia. They could. They could. You'd could
3: have like one giant like state, like New York is one state. And then you have Florida. like that, that kind of middle area. I don't know what you call that. You call it like the Mideast. We'll just call and it then Carolina. The South.
4: How about Carolina? We'll call it Carolina. Sure. There you got North it. and South Carolina. And then you, the got yeah, Carolina. So you got Florida. Carolina. Florida, Carolina, and New York. This is the rest of it. That's it. Yeah. That's all you need, really. I think how much money
3: you would save not having all those extra little capitals and borders and, and stuff,
4: zip codes.
3: Zip coat. No, you still have the same with zip
4: codes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, do you have a political rant this week, sir?
3: Uh, yeah, I do. Here's my rant. My rant lit. Brief promise. We keep hearing, especially from the Republican camp and the teabaggers, that we need to lower corporate taxes, deregulate, and lower the taxes to create jobs in this country. So let's take a look at what's happened. When a big company has low taxes. Let's take a look at GE, General Electric. $14 billion in profit last year. $14 billion, zero tax, right? So that should mean they made a whole boatload of jobs right here in the United States. How do you States, pay zero
4: tax? How do you pay zero tax?
3: They paid zero. Actually, they've adjusted it a couple times now. They say they might pay a small amount of tax. But they took enough losses in their banking for... And re- their their banking real estate debacle that they could offset uh, the gains elsewhere. So when it came time to write a check to the government, nuh-uh. Yeah. So they got they have about three hundred and four thousand employees, but one hundred and thirty three of them, one hundred thirty three thousand that is, are in the United States of America, but. Are they making jobs here? No. They're laying off Americans left and right. In 2009, they laid off 34,000 Americans. They did make a bunch of jobs in 2010. They laid off a bunch more Americans in 2010. They made a bunch of jobs, but they made all those jobs overseas. So they made 14 billion profit, paid zero tax here in America, and didn't make any jobs here. But they did make them elsewhere. So how's lowering their taxes? How do you get lower than zero taxes? Exactly how low do their taxes have to be in order for them to make jobs? Do we just give them money? I don't know. Because it doesn't stop there. You've all heard that before. It, it keeps going. What is GE doing with all this money? They're not hiring, but they, they are starting up new programs, right? New programs that are going to benefit this country. Maybe not hire any Americans, but benefit our country. Maybe maybe help us out a little as a nation? Nah, no. They have inked a joint venture with China, with a Chinese company, which is the Chinese government, which is the Chinese military, to produce jet aircraft so they can compete directly with who? With Boeing. One of the few things that we do well and do big, do right. Yeah. Pay no taxes, you don't hire Americans, you build the jobs elsewhere, and go into competition with one of our biggest, strongest companies in order to enrich the Chinese. And it's it's a real deal. The joint venture already has a customer who's placed an order for a bunch of the aircraft. GE says that they anticipate that the Chinese commercial aircraft market will generate sales of over $400 billion in the next 20 years, but don't expect to see any benefits here in this country. If they're real successful, maybe they can drive Boeing out of business, take away a few more jobs. That is my political rant.
4: Wow. That's just mind-blowing. I was just reading this. It's it's amazing. It is. And it's kind of – that just depresses me. It's fucking sad, yeah. Because, you know, in this country, I don't know if it's a matter of with the stock market and everything else, you always have to be showing your shareholders that you're turning a profit or else – you know, your stock will go in the toilet or whatever. But it just seems like a bullshit situation where we're not looking out for our own country anymore. No, and if absolutely not. if we don't, who will? And yet and, if we and do— And with the new
3: Supreme Court decision, uh, companies are treated as people. Companies
4: have the same rights as citizens. Well, I'm a people, and I paid fucking taxes last year. So I don't know how you get away with zero. Well, rich people don't pay taxes. Maybe they have a lot of- I know,
3: that's not true. Don't call in.
4: <laughs> Maybe GE has a lot of kids.
3: <laughs> All those write offs. Exactly. Jesus Christ, I'm depressed. Can we listen to
4: something happy? Yeah, let's listen to an awesome tune. This is Abandoned Ship from Warp 11. everyone, once again that was Abandoned Ship from the brand new release Borgasm from the mighty Warp 11. And joining us now is Captain Carl. Captain Carl, how you doing man?
1: You know, I just realized, since we started this, that I have a great, like, kind of Star Trek-y sign-off line. You know, you say, hey, I live long and prosper, everyone, have a good have a good show and all that, but I have no Star Trek intro line. <laughs> maybe you guys can help me come up with something later on, something Star Trek-y that we say when I start the show and not my end line. Well, maybe, maybe- you should
3: just make the sound of the doors opening, and just go, and,
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> like you entering the room. That's,
3: that's not yeah, a yeah, bad all idea. Right, all
1: right, let's try it again. Ready? Ready? <laughs> hey, guys, what's up? God, that was the so bridge. that was like the worst Star Trek door imitation I've ever heard. Too. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hey, how's it going?
4: It's going very well. And thank you for joining us, man. This is a big thrill for us, it being our four-year anniversary of the show and all to have such an awesome musical act. You know, a lot of people have told us that the Warp Eleven episode, the last one we did, was one of their favorite episodes of all time. So it was pretty cool to have you back, man.
1: Oh right! It's going to be, I hate to say it, but I was the guy sending all those emails saying that it was the best show you ever had. But and I'll probably do it again too. So,
4: well please, it's okay. it works Just for us. We're we're, we're we're kind of, to this. yeah, we're praise horrors, really. Any any praise <laughs> at all, <laughs> fantastic. I'm gonna I'm
1: gonna start now. Hey, You guys, this show you're doing right now so far has been the best show I've ever heard from you guys. Awesome. Oh, thank you. So
4: that really means a lot coming from you, man. Thank you. So let's talk about the new album, man. I thought it was amazing how you you always do, obviously, Star Trek-themed music, but you kind of took it to the next level, kind of mashing up the space opera with the rock opera, I thought.
3: Wait a minute, wait a minute. Steve does tend to gush a lot and dole out (laughs) praise pretty easily, but what you've done is really ridiculously good. There really aren't very many concept albums that are great, and those that are, everyone knows, Rush, 2112, Pink Floyd, a, a The Wall. That's
1: inspiration for us, by the way, 2112. And, and, because it's a story Floyd,
3: album, you can follow the story in those. A lot of concept albums, which are really fun like Clutch Blast Tyrant they they say yeah it's a concept album and there's a story you have yeah, to get really high the with the bass player to know it
0: and,
3: yeah, and you're,
1: yeah, yeah like... totally uh, I felt the same way about uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sorrow <laughs> that, that one, they, they said it was a concept album and I was like what's the concept like a, bu- a bunch of songs <laughs>
3: <laughs> with music
1: yeah to, to me and this was something that we talked about when we went into writing the album I said it's not a concept album unless it has little talking acting parts in it.
4: Exactly. You know, like,
1: yep. you know, it's got to have someone saying something somewhere or it's just not going to count. So, And, and we are real careful about it, too, though, because I know, like, when you hear an album over and over and it has the, we call it talky parts. When it has the talky parts, uh, if you make the talky parts too long, it just drives people crazy because are like, oh, jeez, i got to listen to this goddamn play again so we tried to keep the talking parts as short as possible where it still told the story and i think we succeeded
4: i absolutely think so and uh, what i like about it is that you have the cool story but you also have enough killer hard rock riffing to keep my inner metal head rock hard for a long time
1: nice Well, you know, you know it, this album is so interesting for me because you know i've been doing this for you know the band's at least 10 years old now and we have like this is our sixth cd and it's funny because warp 11 like you know it's a funny band there's just no way around you know our first album suck my spock that's funny and all our albums are funny and this album is so not funny you know i mean it's, it's dark and it's really heavy as opposed to like you know again most of our albums You know, the thing that's really interesting is writing songs for Warp 11 is that you can write any style of music and it's accepted by our fan base, you know, because we have that thread that ties everything together. I always say, you know, if ACDC wrote an album that sounded like Duran Duran, their fan base would just be irate, you know, because ACDC always sounds like ACDC, but Warp 11... All yeah, our songs can... can be different. We can do a waltz, and we can go into a blues song, and we can go into a metal song, and it's expected of us because it has that common thread of Star Trek and sex and drugs tying it all together. So uh, it's interesting because this album is—it's just heavy. There's nothing funny about it, and there's no waltzes, and there's no really goofy country songs. It's just dark. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but I gotta take issue with that. They're still funny. I mean, I, when I describe you to people, I do call you guys a rock band that does Star Trek and dick jokes. But, yes. I mean, come on. <laughs> the title of the album is Borgasm. You have songs like Assimilate This. There is there is humor. <laughs> you're right. You cannot get I, away I from humor,
1: it. You're, you're, right. you're right. The humor's there, but it's but the overall story arc and the overall feel of the album is is pretty dark. In fact, when we were writing it, I, I was talking to Brian, uh, our guitarist, Brian Moore, and I was saying, dude, I I know we're going in, we're going to record this album, but I'm going to tell you right now, be ready, because some people are not going to like it because it's just so non-derivative from what we normally do in terms of it's all dark, and it's all heavy, and not overtly funny. And the second review we got on Amazon was some guy saying, yeah, I don't know, man, it's like, you know, I really like it. I mean, musically, it's really good, but it, it's just so dark and heavy. It's like, what the <laughs> hell What the hell is worth Eleven doing? But he still gave us four stars. So that was nice. That's awesome. <laughs> but what I
4: like about it is it's also educational. I mean, that lubricant, why the Borg always looks slimy, evidently the Queen is a squirter.
1: I didn't know that. It's, <laughs> you know, if, if you would have said that to me while we were writing the album, I would have put that line in there somewhere.
4: <laughs> Did you have to do a lot of research for this?
1: No, not, no? none at all. Uh, you know, a- after it was all written, I sat down and watched First Contact again. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just to kind of see if I nailed it. Fact check. Yeah, yeah. You know, we actually wrote this album. We wrote Borgasm uh, two Halloweens ago because Warp 11, every Halloween... We try to do something different and fun. Like, two years ago, we dressed up as Star Wars characters and we took all our songs. Well, not all, but we took like an hour long set and rewrote all the lyrics to be about Star Wars. <laughs> and, and more, and like, instead of, we have a song called Q. I don't know if you guys know it's on regular. Yeah, yeah, of course. Q, Q, yeah. Q, 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 Q. This way, we, we called it Jar. And we went Jar, 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 <laughs> jar, jar, Jar. And, uh, It was a blast. And so, uh, I guess uh, that was last year. The year before was Borgasm. And we said, we were all, okay, what are we going to do for Halloween? We said, let's write a concept album. And, And we had come up with the title Borgasm when we were writing, like, our first couple songs. We came up with the name Warp 11, and the first song we wrote was Suck My Spock. And in that session, someone said we should do a song called Borgasm, and we just started laughing, we said, we should do a concept album called Borgasm, <laughs> and we kind of sat on that for literally like eight years, just always saying, you know, one of these days we've got to do Borgasm, one of these days we've got to do Borgasm, and then two years ago for Halloween, we, we just sat down and said let's do Borgasm, it'll be great, and so we really wrote and learned the whole album, because like writing it and then learning how to play it are kind of two different things sometimes uh, in a month, and I thought it it was some of our better work, because I think we were just, we were so rushed. And normally, you know, you kind of, you agonize over songs, you keep writing stuff. This one we just, it was very raw. It was raw creatively. We didn't have a lot of time, so we just did it. And it's interesting that it turned out so good, if I can say so. So damn good.
4: <laughs> it is. So it damn is good. damn good. It does leave me with some questions, though. Like... <laughs> Do the Thank Borg?
1: God. And God bless you, or Roddenberry bless you for having actually listened to the album and having some questions. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I mentioned that in the last interview I did, the guys hadn't even really listened to it. And one of them said, Is it true that this is a concept album? I was like, Really? So you guys. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so for yeah, instance, a-
1: ask a question
4: Do the Borg shave their cubes?
1: <laughs> well, they got little wires down there. so They, got use, they don't shave them, but they use uh, uh, needle-nose pliers, and they cut them off.
4: You didn't expect a serious
1: question. <laughs> I did. <laughs> ask me one serious question about the album I've been trying to do the setup for this joke. This my joke first real for interview, and I want someone to ask me something about it. Okay, okay, here's, my,
3: here's my half-ass serious question, and you may, this may actually yeah. piss you off, and I apologize if it does. When I was okay. listening to the Overture, that rhythm, bump, da 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 it was very reminiscent to me of Master of Puppets. You found that rhythm all through Master of Puppets by Metallica, which was an album about manipulation from the outside, about joining uh, something greater than you that maybe wasn't for in your best interest. Uh, did you go there? Did you really get that meta? Or was I just seriously metal geeking out?
1: You were just metal geeking out. Actually, uh, you know, it was, it was, I, I knew we kind of wanted that military drum feel. You know, the dun da da dun but when I was writing that, I was actually thinking of and I don't even know if this if this is right, if the song sounds anything like this, but I was thinking of the very end of the movie Aliens when Ripley is on the ship and they're flying out right before the the base blows up and they kinda have this dun 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 da dun dun da dun and then it explodes. They think got about that. From I was a little more. <laughs> I was a little. Yeah, obviously, obviously, I was a little more cinematic in that moment let me ask you guys a question do you like the end of the album the story what happens at the end because i absolutely because i I hate
3: a happy ending i love how (laughs) it comes back on itself i absolutely love the ending yeah it's good i didn't want to say anything i almost because it's a cool story i didn't want to give away the ending i was kind of avoiding it i say
1: we just i say we just give it away all right go ahead and let me just set it up so borgasm is an album it's a concept album. There's the you know different members of the band play different characters, and the main three characters, probably the only three characters, are there's a captain. He's a starfleet captain, and he has a death wish. He can't handle the pressures of command anymore, and he feels unworthy of the responsibilities placed upon him, and he wants to die. And then we have a guy called the deserter, who's the exact polar opposite of the captain, uh, and he doesn't want to die. He wants to go out there and party, and he wants to live. In fact, he deserts during a big battle because he doesn't want to die. And then the third character is the Borg Queen, and she's the one who kind of brings everyone together. And for her, the process of making new Borg is a very sexual process you know it's about creation and making children and all this stuff and it turns out that when the queen basically has an orgasm the whole hive has an orgasm so we kind of build from there that's the title nice <laughs> orgasm orgasm exactly yes. and at the end of well, now I don't know maybe I shouldn't tell him the ending
3: I don't think you should I, I like you, listening right. to the story
4: not knowing how it was going to end absolutely Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, folks should pick it up and find out for themselves.
1: Agreed. That's right. If you want to find out what happens in this exciting Star Trek tale, this is my marketing part. I'm horrible at marketing. Like, when we do live shows and stuff, like, we have a guy that always comes, great guy his name's Ken, and he always sells our CDs for us and kind of sits in the back and minds the store. Like, even there are CD release parties, so, like, kind of walk up to the stage and hold the CD up and make eye contact with me and point... Dramatically towards the city, like, hey, dude, remind everyone there's a CD to buy. So, anyway, our album is now available on Amazon and iTunes and any other fine music distribution site that you want. Probably just Amazon and iTunes and CD Baby. But it's yeah, there.
4: Absolutely. And as you heard Gord say, Gordon doesn't rave like this very often. So, listen to the man. Yeah, really.
3: I am so excited about this. I cannot recall the last time I listened to something. And was so excited about it, It, that it's just so good, that that there's so much care, and it's so original. You know, the last thing I got this excited about was not a CD, but it was actually a movie. When I saw how they had taken the the short story Coraline and lovingly put it together with puppets, like sewn together by hand, and and made a movie out of it. Uh, That was the last time I geeked out this hard about something. You guys...
1: (laughs) Right. Well, really thank you. Thank you very, very much. Very you nice. put a lot of
3: love into this. And you're, you're going to play. You're yeah. going to actually play the whole thing live for the first time on October 2nd at the Blue Lamp, right? Uh,
1: yeah, October 1st. It's a Saturday October 1st, Right. know where we're based. And uh, yeah, it will actually be the second time because we did it at that Halloween show. And again, you know, that Halloween show was really kind of weird because, and we did the whole thing. We, were, we do costume changes, you know, and we made the little talkie parts that we played in between songs and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's weird. Like, I, one of the reasons I love seeing bands that that i know is because you know you know the songs and when a song comes on you, you get so excited like oh I, I love this song and you know it's awesome and most of our fans you know they have all our albums and people who come see us they know the majority of the songs i mean we saw new ones and now and again but for the most part you know the set and people get excited about that but with orgasm they've never heard it they've never heard of it i mean they didn't have a chance to ever get used to it and it's like find a favorite song, you know, get a chance to really have it grow on them. And so that's why this is the first time we've ever released a CD on the Internet and on Amazon before our CD release party, because it, it is such a departure, and we never play the songs. You know, normally people, even when they come to our shows, you know, we slip the new songs in, they get used to them, and then we make an album and they get them all. But in this case, you know, we just want people to know that. Al- I want to look out there when we play it, the, fr- you know, the second time and have people singing along yeah absolutely
4: well yeah and you know this actually sets it up perfectly for an evening with Warp 11 you do like that's right the full Borgasm album in its entirety take a break mm-hmm. come back and play some favorites
1: Okay, yeah that, that, that's what we're doing no break though we're just we're gonna blaze through Warp 11 uh, as soon as we're done we're gonna try to strip off some of the latex cause man that stuff is hot to play and I don't know how Gore does it and then uh <laughs> And then I'm just going to fill in my uniform, and, you know, Borgasm's about, eh, you know, 46, 47 minutes long. And so we'll do that, and then we'll play a 45-minute set of, of the favorites. Sweet. It's an interesting band, because most bands do normally just play, like, 45-minute sets. But we have, I don't think we've ever played anything in a normal club setting under an hour and a half. In fact, in the old days, there was a time we played, a, like, a three-hour set of just all Star Trek songs, all our material. Mm. Uh, that was a little tiring. We stopped doing that. <laughs> now. Nowadays, I think a two-hour set is like about the limit for us these days.
3: Right on. So you're also gonna do a show, a Halloween show this year,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Okay, so as I was telling you guys, you know, we like to do different things every Halloween. And so like three years ago, and this is I think one of my best ideas ever for a Halloween show. Basically, I said we're gonna make another Star Trek band, okay? And what they do, that we wore jumpsuits like like the flight suits from Enterprise. I don't know if you guys ever saw Enterprise, but they wear those kind of like blue jumpsuits. So we wore blue jumpsuits, and then we bought wrestling masks. And each of the masks corresponded to the colors we wear. So normally I wear the gold shirt because I'm the captain. So I got a gold mask. And Brian had a red mask. And John had a blue mask. And Kiki uh, just had this crazy leopard skin mask. And basically what we did was we sat down and wrote 45 minutes of all new material. Right? All about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. The stuff that no one ever heard before. And then we went out there and we were called the Rotten Berries. Like the <laughs> Rotten Berries. And we got out there, and we we were safe and we made up this whole backstory for the band that we, like, put into the email and stuff. We were telling people, like, you know, we found this band from London, from England, and they're over here on, like, a really small tour, and we managed to get them to come, and so they're going to come and open up for us. And so we came out there, and we all talked with British accents, and we had, you know, fake names. (laughs) And we played, and we played this 45-minute set, and I'm sure most people obviously knew it was us because it sounded like us. But after this is the thing that made it, after we were done, we got off stage and we went outside uh, into my buddy's uh, van, and we stripped off all our clothes and gave the clothes that we played in to a bunch of my friends that are all <laughs> look, like the same build as us. <laughs> and so so we go back inside and set up. You know, well we we're already set up because we were playing our gear, and we start playing the Warp Eleven set and, and like. 30 seconds into the first song, the rockberries come walking back in and stand up there and just start talking shit about us.
0: <laughs> 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 you, guys, you guys fucking suck! and
1: fucking stole our idea! And it's talking all the snacks. And seriously, after the show, some people came up to me and said, man, this fucking Ronberry snacks were dicks, man! What the, f- <laughs> what the hell did you have them play with you for? So that, that, that is made excellent. it so... I, I love I love there's a certain pathos involved. So you think about it, I'm in a band that only writes songs about Star Trek just album after album after album. and in our spare time we make up another band <laughs> that only writes songs about Star Trek. So we're gonna do the, uh, the Roddenberries again this year and come up with another you know 45 minutes, which is good for us because you know we've been doing it for so long. sometimes we get kind of lazy and so this will force us to write 45 minutes of new material that Warp 11 will absorb and steal later. That's beautiful.
4: That is. That's really cool. Well, as always, Captain Carl, we always like to ask you, as you know, what pisses you off, man?
1: Uh, fucking, you know, uh, Lucas, changing all the damn Star Wars movies again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Everybody's got to have a hobby. <laughs>
1: that's his. Again. Oh, and I watched uh, Transformers Dark of the Moon last night. Oh, I'm sorry. Pissed, pissed me off. You know, I'm stopping myself because I just want to go on this big rant. It's like at the beginning they say, okay, Megatron is going to destroy this guy, uh, Sentinel Prime, and Sentinel Prime's got this weapon that can end the war, and Sentinel Prime is flying away in his ship from Cybertron, and they shoot him down, right? They destroy the ship, and the ship crashes on the moon. Like our moon, like it floated through space, like halfway across the galaxy <laughs> and just happened to land on our moon. Long and then, but then you find out, but then, and big spoiler here, you find out that Sentinel Prime made a deal with Megatron, the leader of the Decepticons, and they were working together the whole time. Then why the fuck did they shoot down his fucking ship <laughs> when they're working together and have it go to the moon for like 50 years?
4: I'm Some st- guys' co-workers are real assholes. I'm still pissed that I paid eight bucks to see the first Transformers movie in a theater. Son of a bitch. I'll never get that back. <laughs> You'll never get that time or money back. No, it's, yeah, it's I, just I lost. I feel cheated. Brutal.
1: No, yeah, I, guess, I guess Dark of the Move kisses me off even more than the Lucas thing. because After the Ewoks, it was, it's just been like a... All a downhill slide for me. <laughs> it doesn't seem and to I, get I remember, any better. Like you guys, I was the perfect age for Star Wars. Like I saw Star Wars in the theater. I was like eleven years old, you know. Mm-hmm. So I kind of grokked what was going on, and it blew my mind. I I just want to. I saw it like seventeen times in the theater. Like, wow. I was just a sci-fi kid. Like, it was the greatest thing ever. And then the second movie was just as great. A little yep. darker, but I was into Yoda. I liked the puppet. liked everything. And I remember going to see uh, Return of the Jedi. And I remember sitting down, and they, you know, the first half was kind of goofy. Like, Boba Fett gets snapped in the butt, and he flies in the sock. And I was like, well, that's kind of lame, but okay, whatever. And then they get to Endor, and I'll never forget the moment when I realized that the Ewoks we're not going to go anywhere. Like, they were there for the rest of the movie. And I thought, <laughs> okay, here's a little puppet thing, and this is going to be for like 10 minutes, and then they'll be gone. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute, they're not going anywhere. This is the rest of the movie. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And so... Then
3: they
4: had a song and dance number.
1: Yub Yub, baby. But the funny thing is, Yub
4: Yub was infinitely preferable to Better the remake to the song, one. the shitty
0: remake song they did. And
1: that's that. One of the things that pisses me off. It was funny in the uh, Star Wars show we did. I think we have some pictures on our website. Brian, our guitarist, wore this huge fur uh, outfit. It was it was an Ewok costume. <laughs> it was it was awesome. And Kiki wore she bought this uh, black uh, rubber cat suit. Hot. My oh, God. Attention for for black rubber cat suits on Kiki, and. Uh, and she was wearing, and she wore a Darth Vader mask and a cape, and so she was, she was Darth Vader. And at one time, you know, those those cat suits they have zippers down in the crotch, you know, because mm-hmm. otherwise she could never have sex or go to the bathroom in them. And, uh, and at one point, she kind of, she was dancing, she kind of, you know, squatted down on the ground, you know, kind of doing a little grindy thing, and the zipper just flew open. And, <laughs> and after that, someone came up and they go, "Hey, Kiki, I love your costume, Darth Beaver." <laughs> yeah, that was hot. Oh, beautiful! I probably shouldn't have told that story. She's probably going to kill me for that. Actually,
4: no, that's I think different. She told it on the last shows. So. Yeah, I was just saying.
1: Oh, did she? Yeah. Okay, good. Got a He
4: said, she said. Now, and we come full vagina. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank God.
4: All right. Well, where can our, our listeners get a hold of the brand new Borgasm album?
1: Amazon is a really easy way to do it. And uh and if you want instant gratification, iTunes. So you know, uh we put some love into the the artwork for this one too. And personally I, I love having the, the lyrics when I get a new album. I'm a real lyric centric person, so I sit there and read along. And this album especially, uh it helps. Uh, it was interesting when we were doing like some tests like you know we were mixing it and I gave it to a few close friends or the parents and you know hey what do you think of this so far? Do you like it? and a few people like, came back and they got totally lost on the story like they didn't like what happened to the, the deserter at the end? I go no no well this song explains that. They go oh, I thought that was you singing and I said no no that's that's Brian singing he's the deserter. So it's uh, on the on the physical CD it kind of tells you uh, after each song title Who's singing what? So, so they you did like, a song is called so a you thing put, like this, and it's got the deserter and the captain.
4: So you put the libretto right there in the CD.
1: Yeah, just and we really wanted to ram the story down people's throat. I was <laughs> I was terrified that people wouldn't be able to figure out what was going on.
0: Nice, uh, you guys,
1: you guys figured it out, obviously. Well, so yeah. yeah, I think we did a good job. I think the story is pretty lucid, uh, coherent.
4: Please tell me though that you didn't print it like in dark blue on black paper.
0: Uh, no. <laughs> I don't no, know how I, many, I, man. Gonna, I, I we'll don't know how many, like,
4: liner notes these days are illegible when you get them on. The, maybe i just because I'm a fucking old man now. But <laughs> you get the CD and you open it up. I, I want to see. These guys look half intelligent. I want to see what they have to say. And the, you can't read shit in the liner notes, so. Thank yeah, you, Captain Carl, you know, well, for making that
1: and, and all my friends are, like, I work for Adobe, and I'm in, like, their video department, but I was in their graphic design department before that. And basically all my friends from college, we all met in college, and we're all graphic design majors. So legibility is really, really high on our list of things when we're designing <laughs> stuff. So nice. I guarantee, even without your glasses, you're going to be able to read it. Awesome.
4: All right, man. Well, why don't you lead us into our next tune?
1: This song is the title track from the new album. It's called Borgasm. And at this point in the story is where the captain apparently has been killed. He's rammed his ship and he went on a suicide mission and killed himself. And the deserter was trying to escape, but he gets captured in a tractor beam. And he's now been dragged through the cube, uh, through a bunch of Borg, and now he's meeting the queen for the very first time, the Borg queen. This is her song. This is her talking about what it's going to be like there yeah
4: all right thanks for joining us on the show captain
1: you know what thanks for having you guys hey live long and prosper you guys you too prosper the shit out of it (laughs) see that was my that's my outro line i got a great outro i mean we're still working on the intro okay
5: Ah, you're awake.
2: Who are you?
0: I'm your queen. Welcome to the
5: hive.
1: And you're listening to the bone bat show with Gordon
4: Steve live long and prosper. Once again, that was Borgasm. The title cut from the brand new release from warp 11. Buy it. Buy it now. Warp 11.com. Multimedia triage, sir.
3: Dude, you told me to watch this, this fun little Norwegian movie with my family, troll hunter. (laughs) And it was good. It's not, I'm not going to totally blow you out of the water. Like I did with the, the whole Sherlock Holmes debacle. It was a fun movie, I enjoyed it, y'all ought to watch it, but y'all ought to be aware, it's a PG-13 movie, and the first part of that movie, like the first 10-15 minutes, there's a lot of bad words and swearing, the swearing tends to peter out over time, or maybe you just sort of get used to it, but I I was, it was a lot more swearing than I normally expose my 8-year-old to, but still, fun movie. I liked it. Check it
4: out. You know, when you said that to me, when I saw this movie, first of all, I didn't tell you watch it with your whole family. I said I watched it with my family. Second I, of all... Okay, you know what? You're right. I took I that felt, as a recommendation. I, I felt, should be more cautious. I felt a little bit bad for a couple of minutes after you said that to me, because I'm like, wow, I really steered Gord in the wrong direction. Then I talked to Julie about it, and Julie was like, there was swearing in it. So we, we discussed it, and we decided that you're utterly full of shit. There is not enough swearing there to be a problem for a kid who can watch a PG-13 movie. You know, we just have
3: different standards. That's all there is. Yeah, You named your child cocksucker. Your
4: standards are kind
3: of overprotective at this point. We call it milk in my house. You guys call it the goddamn motherfucking milk. It's just a different I called, lifestyle. I, I called your it. house
4: last week, and your youngest son said, Dad, that piece of shit Steve's on the phone. So <laughs> well, we told him that's your name. That, no, that does not hold any water at all. Your complaint, I utterly dismiss it. I rebuke you. Oh, don't, don't rebuke me. <laughs> I
3: rebuke you. It's yes. Oh, wow. Does the of power shit. of Christ compel me while it you're It does. On?
4: And that's the thing. You know, if it was just me, I'd say it. But Julie says you're full of shit, too. So
3: there you go. Well, I actually respect Julie's opinion. So Thank hmm. you. I'm going to have to do it's some soul searching. It's not search just here. me. You need to.
4: Plus, it was Swedish swearing.
3: Uh, see, we had to listen to it in English. My kids couldn't read that fast.
4: Oh! Oh. You know what? What? We saw the film in Swedish with subtitles.
3: Wow, and your eight-year-old could keep up with the reading? Yeah. Wow, mine, did, mine wanted nothing to do with that. Like, well, right off the bat, though, I said, hey, do you want it in English do you want to read? They're like, I'll do it in
4: English. So you know, maybe they edited try. out a bunch of the swearing in the subtitles. That might be it. That might be. Because, yeah, like I said, well, you know, when we thought back on it, I don't remember any swearing in it at all. And I bet that's what happened. Huh. Well, I'm glad to get to the bottom of that. Because, like I said, I felt like an asshole for a minute. I was like, no, there was no swearing. All right. Wow. Huh. I feel kind of bad that I can't make you feel like an asshole for more than a minute. I, I feel kind of bad that your kids didn't get a good enough education to understand Swedish.
3: <laughs> Damn American school, public school system. <laughs> don't teach any Swedish around here.
4: Well so what else are we into? Let's talk about a little horror? bit about uh, – I watched some horror movies this week Yeah? Too. What yeah. did you watch? I went to the Maelstrom International Fantastic Film Fest once again. And uh, last Sunday had a fantastic time, man. I, I got to say, Eric and Isaac and the folks at Myth are really doing a great job of picking out films for this festival. It was a solid evening of entertainment. They had a block of shorts there. And I, I got to say, a couple of them I did not love. And I'll, I'll leave those films out. I won't say which ones they were. But they had a couple of great ghost stories. Specifically, there was a short called A Penny Earned. It's a, yeah. a very cool ghost story. Another one called The Waking look look those films up, folks, and see if you find it at a film festival, or maybe on YouTube, or wherever it's at. These are really good, low-budget, independent shorts that are well worth your time. And finally, one that's from Spain that's hilarious, called Brutal Relax, which is about this gentleman who, he's he's high-strung, and he's coming out of the insane asylum, and he's told that he needs to take a, a calming vacation. And he goes to the beach, and as he's sitting on the beach, these Fish, zombie, ghoul creatures come out of the ocean and hilarious gore ensues. You must see this film. It's an absolute blast. Sounds excellent. The real highlight of the evening was a pair of features that they showed. Uh, The first one is called Absentia, and it was actually kind of a more serious drama. Uh, The film was, let me see, directed by and written by Mike Flanagan, and it had our our friend from The Bone Bat Show, Doug Jones. Creature, right on. creature actor extraordinaire had a kind of a cameo in it he was brilliant as always but it's a story about this woman whose husband disappeared seven years ago and she decides to rule him uh i guess death in absentia so you know she can move on with her life and her sister her younger sister who's had some problems with drugs and uh drinking comes to move in with her to help her kind of process everything and she starts having these hallucinations about her husband coming back. And so you don't know, is it a ghost? Is what she's seeing real? What's happening? And it takes a really cool, original, twisted turn in the middle of it that I thoroughly enjoyed. And for a low-budget film, it had, you know, it started out kind of uneven. But by the middle of the film, the acting was so good for a low-budget film that she just totally bought it. And, you know, there's some there's some like good effects that were done low budget, but they work because anything is mostly kept in the shadows where you're always wanting to see more. And it was just super well done. So look this film up absentia when you have a chance because it's it's really good stuff. And this is a kind of, you know, this film's not going to get some big widescreen release in million theaters. So, you know, give it a shot if it's on pay-per-view, if it's on DVD. You want to support a guy like this so he can make more movies like this. In a similar vein, but a totally different style of film, uh, was a film called The Selling, which was directed by Emily Liu. And it's a film about a guy who kind of gets tricked. He's a real estate agent, and he gets tricked into having to sell a haunted house. Hmm. And for his real estate agency, he's got this buddy that is it, kind of like his comedic sidekick. and it's But it's total comedy as he's trying to sell this house and it turns out that the house was owned by a serial killer back in the 50s and so all his victims are haunting the house and so whenever they bring people by the house to show it all kinds of goofy shit happens and so it's a very funny film all the characters and acting is super likable you know i kind of wanted to see if there was a a selling two i would turn out and pay my money for that movie because it was just that much fun and that likable I understand it's going to be going to DVD soon, so keep an eye peeled for it. So I got to say, you know, Miff was killing it this year. Just some great stuff. And I only went one of the three days. So if you live in Seattle, next year you need to make a point of going.
3: Wow, right on. You've been busy.
4: No, tell me about it. Holy shit.
3: The most exciting thing in my life is that uh, Castle Crashers has released some free downloadable content for the Xbox 360. You can now play The Pink Knight.
4: Really? Why does nobody tell me these things?
3: I'm telling you right now. You can play the Pink Knight. It's a really funny character. Uh, his magic power is rainbows. He shoots. He or she shoots uh, rainbow colored arrows for his arrow, and uh, the long range attack. The magic when you finally get to it, he throws out these like big puffy stuffed animals that bounce like balloons across the ground. <laughs> flashes a little v for victory sign and, and does his, his rainbow magic it is it is just ridiculous so castle crashers new character costs you nothing it's quite silly
4: cool well, i've been playing a, a couple of video games as well actually uh the new game from hog rocket who you may recall is part of the group who was bizarre creations who did blur yeah amazing Great game, game. Well, they've kind of done a total departure and went and did an iPod game, which is called Tiny Invaders. And basically, the game is $1.99 from the iTunes store. And the premise of the game is tiny, cute little germs have been released on the planet Earth from space in order to take over the world. And so they have to do this by infecting one nervous system at a time. And so the game is you have a series of maps that are similar to like kind of train tracks. They're like circuits and you can release the germs on the circuit and you have to pick up like little white blood cells and globules and return them to the home base germ within a certain time in order to pass the level. And sometimes there's like white blood cells that go around and try to eat you while you're trying to negotiate the circuit. And the circuit those are called phagocytes. Okay, phagocytes then, if you say. I think you just wanted to say that, but okay. Anyway, well, it's not a T
3: it's not a T killer cell, it's not a T helper cell.
4: Come on. So, a- as you go along, the the circuits get progressively more difficult to negotiate. And by the end of it, they're they're actually pretty diabolical. So, it's it's pretty fun you get 60 levels with the initial game. And at first, I was kind of eh, I didn't love it. I mean, the, the art was cute. The style was kind of original. I hadn't seen a game like that. But the early levels, kind of, I was just bored. I was sort of whipping through them. But by the time you get to the last twenty-five levels or so, they're really challenging, and it was a lot of fun. So the game did pay off, and it, I, I'd say it's definitely worth the buck ninety-nine. And throw these guys some money because you want to see what their next game is. I, you know, the talent that came from Blur—that was an amazing game. Yeah, like that, that's a
3: really fun game. And
4: for, you know, two bucks, I, I want to see this house continue. So, you know, check the game out. It's uh, Tiny Invaders, once again, at the iTunes store. Uh, the second game I got, Sega was kind enough to send over a copy of Rise of Nightmares for the Connect. You remember this from PAX? Definitely. So, the this zombies. was the zombie haunted house game. So I've been playing quite a bit of this, and... The game, it's it's kind of mixed. I, I will say that the Kinect, for the most part, does its job. How the mechanic of the game works is you stand in front of the TV and you kind of step forward to make your character walk forward. You take a step back with your foot. You can lunge sideways. You can kind of chop with your hands or use door opening motions or turning a wheel, climbing a ladder. There's a number of different motions that you use, and the Kinect's pretty good at picking them up. The one problem, though, that kind of happens is that invariably in combat, you'll get surrounded by a bunch of zombies at once, and you start kind of flailing around trying to kill them all simultaneously.
3: I would love to watch you try and to And the that.
4: Kinect will sort of lose you. And, it, you know, you have trouble targeting the characters or whatever as you're fighting, but that almost adds like a certain level of stress to it as well. So (laughs) I don't know if it's intentionally, right. Yeah, if intentionally that's the case, but it ends up working. But what's fun about it is the atmosphere is really cool. Uh, Basically, the story behind the game is you start out, there's kind of like an intro like a horror movie where you're playing a character who gets killed in like five minutes, and then the story proper starts. And you're basically... I, I'm not sure if he's a writer or what he is, but he's an alcoholic guy who's uh, traveling... Uh, he's pro- a podcaster. Uh, oh, yeah. Across Eastern Europe with his wife, and they're having some troubles. And she finds out that he started drinking again. And so they're getting kind of pissy with each other, and they you're introduced to a few uh, of the other passengers on the train, and that's when things get trippy. First, you meet this gypsy woman who spouts a bunch of really weird nonsense, and then this huge Frankenstein creature shows up and abducts your wife. And then the train crashes. You know, it crashes in a river. You negotiate your way off. You get to dry land. And you end up in this castle, this haunted castle. And then it's off to find your wife. There's zombies there, but what's kind of cool about it is that all of a sudden you you get knocked out and you wake up and you're in like this lab as this other guy's being tortured. And it's kind of like hostile or something like that.
3: That's not cool at all.
4: Well, no, but what's cool about it is basically the story itself doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's like a haunted house. I mean, you go through a haunted house, you never really worry too much about why there's a clown tent right next to a guy with a chainsaw.
3: I worry about those things.
4: I don't. I think that's awesome. You're packing as much fucking ridiculous horror into one place as you can, and that's what Rise of Nightmares does. You'll have a crazy marionette level, and you'll have clockwork zombies are pretty original, and then mid-game, just when the weapons are getting good you get this weapon that shoots like electric balls out of your fists which is (laughs) awesome and then there's this big twist in the middle the whole game changes and it's pretty cool and so i am actually enjoying it And i would recommend this game for people who if you're a horror fan and you have a connect for the month of october you might want to give this game a shot i'm having more fun than i thought i would because when I first started playing it, I was like, ah, I don't know, the controls don't work as well as I would like, but the atmosphere of it is winning me over. Bully for you, man. i tell you, I'm not buying any
3: uh, any new games until October gets going, because Rage is coming out first week in October. I understand it takes three discs, something like 22 gigs to install on your machine. It's It's going to be giant. It will occupy all my time,
4: I'm afraid. Are you, do you have to buy a new terabyte drive just to house the game? I've got a
3: fairly new Xbox, so it, it has a lot of space on it, which will be immediately filled up, I'm sure.
4: <laughs> 22 gigs. Holy shit.
3: That's just ridiculous.
4: Remember, like, what like, what was a big game back in the day? Oh, oh, uh, Unreal Tournament. Yeah. Unreal Tournament was huge. I had to take shit off my hard drive to fit Unreal Tournament on there.
3: Yeah, your 260-meg hard drive or whatever <laughs> yeah, it was. Exactly, <laughs> Ah, yes. Well, I remember the first game that I thought was really huge was when it came out on a CD. Yeah, woo! Woo! (laughs) A DVD later. Oh, God. I'm so old. You
5: are. It hurts
3: to be this old. Yeah, I'm not buying... You know, Forza 4 is coming out, and that got me playing Forza 3 again, which I realize I only completed, like, maybe a third of. And that game is so deep, and there's so many cars. I just don't really see how... There is more Forza that I need. I still got more than I can eat. So I've been playing Forza, still really rocking the low end front wheel drive imports and still completely sucking at the big, powerful American muscle cars. And well, you know, the only thing I'm really watching, watching Breaking Bad, which is coming to an absolutely crazy conclusion over the next couple of weeks. The the last few episodes have been great. I hope that the final two episodes are equally great. But that's it. That's my multimedia experience these days.
4: Yeah, I still need to catch up with that. And I was uh, doing a little research as I decide what to do with my Netflix. And it looks like uh, Breaking Bad, the first two seasons, are on Hulu now.
0: So hmm. good way. Yeah, to catch that's an interesting thing. Where
4: Good way to catch up.
3: Where are we going to go for our TV? I mean, I'm looking at the new Dish Network deal that's going to pop up. And essentially you get what I have now and for ten bucks or more you get Netflix. So why would I want to continue with my direct TV when I can just get the same dang thing from Dish plus Netflix for ten bucks. Yeah. But Except you- it's not called Netflix. Meanwhile Netflix is getting more expensive for the same damn service. But then where do you go if there's like proprietary content? If if Amazon owns something you really want to watch or Dish or or Hulu, it's gonna it might get weird. It might get really fractured.
4: Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of the thing with HBO. I mean, when it does a series, it's one of the best series on TV. So you end up kind of sticking with that. I canceled my HBO today. Did you? Yeah. I haven't canceled ours yet. We're going to watch a few more things and we might keep that and get rid of Netflix. I haven't decided yet. I mean, we weren't really doing much with the discs at all. We were doing a lot more streaming, especially the kids. And then, you know, this comes up. And I'm just not really sure. I mean, next year they're going to lose the Disney movies and the Sony movies. Yeah. Dang. So all of a sudden what was cool about Netflix is kind of going away and they're charging you for, that's what kills me. The streaming thing was like a throw in to get you to try their service.
3: It was like, yeah, yeah and we'll streaming, send you discs. And I don't then do that much streaming, streaming because frankly, I've got a kick-ass surround sound stereo system and a big TV and I want to watch Blu-rays and watch them look good and sound good. And streaming doesn't do that yeah. for me.
4: I don't know. I we haven't really decided. I mean, we're gonna probably kind of bide our time and see what the best option is with the you know most shit to watch that we like, and then uh, go that direction when the time comes. But uh, yeah, what, what, what I haven't
3: invested in Netflix is that that beast is
4: <laughs> they screwed the pooch so hard on that. Oh I just, god, just and they just a, continue
3: to soil themselves publicly trying to explain it. Oh, yeah. well, we got greedy and stupid, and it's a service.
4: Yeah. And we'll rename it. Yeah.
3: Anyone?
4: No. Anyone? <laughs> Absolute idiocy. Right now, the, my biggest point is that in multimedia triage, in the average episode, we talk about movies, books, CDs, comics, video games. There's so much shit always fighting for our spare time that nothing is precious anymore. I can give up an hour or two of TV a week and play a video game or whatever. There's plenty of shit for me to do that I don't need Netflix. At the end of the day. And so for them to make try to make themselves precious, to me, it's just dumb in this day and age. And you're seeing the effects of it. They're going to lose a lot of business. Somebody's going to step into the breach and do yeah, what they're doing It looks like Dish better. is already
3: stepping into the breach.
4: Well, yeah, but you don't follow DirecTV, so you don't even know what they're doing, right? I mean, oh, I have DirecTV. I don't, don't have Dish. It. I'm
3: going to switch from DirecTV probably to Dish. Because I get essentially the same thing. I, I only watch like three channels
4: anyway. DirecTV's benefit was the NFL package.
3: Because, which I don't have.
4: Well, you do. You get it for free now. It's part of oh, DirecTV, do? don't you?
3: I don't know. I don't think
4: so. I thought they did it free this year. You should check into them. There's already too much football on TV.
3: And by the way, the football games I've watched this year have been crap tastic. I have not watched good football yet. Now, you should have yeah. seen the Seahawks game, man. That was a good Oh, game. what was it? Like... Four to seven or something. Thirteen to ten
4: defensive battle, man. The Seahawks stopped Arizona like five times at third and one, fourth and one. It was pretty damn exciting. All right. To me
3: that just seems like I'm watching an incompetent offense.
4: (laughs) Okay, one last thing, talking about multimedia stuff. Every year about this time. Our friend Cheeky Boy, who you may remember from last year's Halloween episode, releases his Monster Mashup CD. He talks to all kinds of mashup folks around the world, pulls together a great selection of Halloween music. This year is no exception. The new one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah, will be nice. out the day this show hits on October 2nd at monstermashups.co.uk go pick it up it's absolutely free and it's basically the soundtrack for this year's Halloween party you don't want to miss it cool
3: filthy jokes filthy jokes you know I told this joke once so I'm going to tell it a different way now you oh, recall I'm the sure old joke I'm sure that'll make it better how do you get an pregnant? yes yeah and the, the answer is fuck her alright I'm going to try again how do you get an pregnant? how dress her up like an altar boy
4: Everybody's got the priest jokes tonight I guess so All right, go Well, you know, Stuart was kind enough to call in with some jokes from whales So I thought I'd return the favor So there's these two whales, a male and a female, (laughs) swimming off the coast of Japan And they happen to notice this whaling ship cruising by And the male whale recognizes it immediately This was the same ship that harpooned his father many years ago no. It was. He says to the female whale, let's swim under the ship and blow out of our air holes at the same time and flip that shit over. She kind of looks at him and says, all right, I can try it. So they go under, they blow their holes, and sure enough, the ship turns over and quickly sinks. Soon, however, the whales realize that all the sailors have jumped overboard and were swimming to the safety of shore. The male was enraged that they were going to get away and tells the female, let's swim after them and gobble them up before they reach shore. At this point, the female whale kind of becomes reluctant. Listen, I went along with the whole blowjob thing, but I absolutely refused to swallow the semen. Ah,
3: I always like the semen
4: joke. It's a joke about whales. It is. You see what I did there? I, you know, and I did the dick joke about whales, too. But so, yeah, I hope that makes Stuart happy. Me, too. Uh, thank yous. I'd like to say thank you to Captain Carl from Warp 11. It is always a pleasure to hang out with him. What a great band. Absolutely. Seriously, pick the CD up. Also, I'd like to thank Skiznot, because he's awesome. Thanks what a great to Stuart. not
3: band, but guy. Yeah, he's awesome.
4: And thanks to Stuart for calling in, brother. Yeah, that was great. We appreciate first-time callers. That's awesome. Our usual bullshit. The show phone number is 425-296-6557. You can also email us at bonehand.com. Got new content on bonehand.com almost every Sunday, including the Heavy Half Hour. And
3: you can find my cartoons once a week at mightywombat.com. And you can follow my Twitterings at mighty underscore wombat.
4: I am Bonehand on Twitter, and we also have a Bonebat feed there if you'd like to follow the show news. Also, we have a Facebook page for the Bone Bat Show, which you do want to follow because we try to post comedy stuff. Also, news about the bands that we featured on the show there, so give that a look as well. Word. Speaking of the Facebook page, there's only one week left to vote for the Bone Bat Show in the King 5 Best of Western Washington contest. We are under the Best Local Podcast category, and I think we're number 19th right now. So please swing by and give us a vote. I know we can do better than that. As always, thank you for listening for the last four years. Thank you! Four years, man! Cuatro años. That's awesome. Our closing tune tonight is... That service was Welsh. Our closing tune tonight... <laughs> Our closing tune tonight is Servicing the Queen from Borgasm by Warp 11. Is that a song about Freddie Mercury? Oh, nice! <laughs> That was funnier than
3: your filthy joke, dude. (laughs) Thank you.
4: (laughs) Once again, I'm Steve. And this is Gord. Have a good one.
3: I do have a good one.
0: Discontinue program.